Um, I am honored to deliver the eulogy for my mother, Janet Upham, on behalf of our family, my husband, John Louth, and our sons, Danny and Sean, and my brother, Ben, and his sons, Frank and Jeremiah, and Jer's wife, Monica. Jan was born Janet Willis Shapiro on February 13, 1927, at Mount Zion Hospital in San Francisco. With a birthday like February 13th, all of her life she had an affinity for Abraham Lincoln, whose birthday was February 12th, and she was forever and always the Valentine girl with a great love of chocolate and flowers. Jan's father, Mike Shapiro, was born in Russia, and along with a small number of his family, he escaped Jewish persecution by immigrating to the United States when he was a small child. Jan's mother, Ethel Willis Shapiro, was born in San Francisco to Irish parents. Mike and Ethel began their life together in 1915 when they met at the Panama Pacific International Exposition in San Francisco. Mike loved hiking and frequently found himself coming across the bay on the ferry to climb Mount Tamalpais. Desiring to meet the needs of his fellow hikers, in 1911, Mike opened the Hikers Retreat on Throckmorton Avenue here in Mill Valley, providing a place for hikers from the city to stash their city clothes, change into their hiking clothes, and take a hot or cold shower before boarding the ferry back to San Francisco. Once Mike and Ethel had started a family, he decided he wanted to build a house in Mill Valley to have better access to Mount Tam. The family lived on West Blythdale while their Lincoln Avenue home was being built and moved into their new house when Jan was three years old. She grew up in this home for a while living across the street from her young playmate, Ben Upham. Jan always talked about her childhood as somewhat magical and perfect. She rode horses and went to the beach in her spare time from her studies at Summit School and Tamalpais High School. She had many wonderful childhood friends, one of whom is here today, Carol Buds. Jan had an older sister named Enid. Enid was nine years older and was an excellent student. Although later on in life, as next-door neighbors, they were the best of friends, Jan said that she had always been a wee bit jealous of her straight-arrow, brainy sister and that she was not always the nicest younger sister. Most all of us who knew Jan always saw a sweet and good person. So can you believe that when she had the chore of sweeping the floors that she would actually sweep the dust under the rug in her older sister's bedroom when she wasn't looking. She told me this over and over again. Ben and I were saying maybe she was needing to atone for that. I'm not sure. Starting in high school, where Jan served as the editor of the school newspaper, the Tamil Pious News, Jan and Ben developed friendships that would last their whole lives through. In their adult lives, a tight-knit group of them called themselves the Dirty Dozen. And boy, did this group know how to have fun. Several of them are here today, including my godparents, Harry and Betty Jacobson, Jean Engelman, Ruth Parsons, and Dale Briggs. During the war years, while Jan was still in high school, 
She proudly supported the war effort by working at the Marin Ship Shipyard in Sausalito. Here, 70,000 workers built over 90 Liberty ships, turning one out approximately every 13 days. She loved being a part of this effort. After the war, Jan attended College of Marin, where she majored in journalism and served as the editor of the college newspaper, The Mariner. Around this time, her lifelong friend, Ben Upham, returned from his service with the Merchant Marines and began courting her. He knew that before he could ask her to marry him, that he had to do one thing. He had to test out her liking of his beloved Trinity Alps, where his family had been vacationing, hiking, and fly fishing since he was five years old. If a potential fiancé did not take to the Trinity Alps, she was not the right girl for him. And so she traveled to far northern California with his family and fell in love with Ben and with this Cascade Wonderland. Ben and Jan were married in 1948 in the Lincoln Avenue home she had grown up in, at her father's bedside where he lay dying of cancer. Her, her wedding day was the last day that she ever saw her beloved father alive. She and Ben honeymooned at the Highlands Inn in Carmel, but from that day forward, all summer vacations were in the Trinity Alps, where early on, before kids, she and Ben would pack into the backcountry and fly fish to their heart's content. Jan and Ben passed on their intense interest and love of this place to me and my brother, and I am happy to say that my husband and kids and I have carried on the family tradition of making the annual pilgrimage to our favorite place on earth every August. One very special year, 1998, Jan and Ben decided to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary with a family reunion at the Trinity Alps. We had a marvelous week sharing time with our East Coast cousins, Rup and Sue Hauser, who are here, <laughs> their kids, and Ben's family from Spokane. Back in Mill Valley, Jan created a most wonderful home life for her family. She and Ben purchased their West Blythdale home in 1955 for $15,000 and raised their family there. She was an outstanding cook, always whipping up healthy and delicious meals and snacks for all the neighborhood kids. Her home was always warm and inviting. Although Ben stuck to his Christian science upbringing, Jan raised my brother and me in the Church of Our Savior. I love being here today in the church where I was baptized, confirmed, and married, and my heart is warm to see Father Murray here. Jan was very active with the church in many ways, but my fondest memories of this time are of her devoted involvement to the annual antique show that the church sponsored every year as a fundraiser. The show was held in Sausalito, and antique dealers would come from all over to participate in it. It was a really big deal and a tremendous amount of work for the women of the church who put it on. There was a small food venue at the show where church women served up wonderful homemade soups and breads for lunch and they sold homemade Colonel Wellington's chutney and amazing fudge. Okay, one of my most interesting memories here is that the church women made 400 pounds of fudge to sell at the show.
And where was it stored between when it was made and the show? In our downstairs freezer. I don't think they ever missed the few little tiny pieces that my friends, like Sally and Barbara Morgan, <laughs> and I just had to test out to make sure it was okay. While Ben and I were growing up, besides all of her church work, she also was involved with the Outdoor Art Club, the Mill Valley Historical Society, and she really loved her volunteer work in the history room at the Mill Valley Library. While Jan had a love of her own family heritage, she had a passion for the Upham family history. At this time, I would like to recognize an original Upham, my father's sister, Leonor Russell, her daughter, Sheldon, and our and granddaughter, Grace. Our branch of the Uphams had come from England to Maine in the 1600s and from Maine to California in 1860. In the 1880s, Ben's grandparents began spending summers on the 130-acre parcel of land that they owned in what is today Mill Valley Scott Highlands. Jan had a true fascination with Maine, which grew even deeper when she learned that one of the Upham ancestors had served as a lighthouse keeper at Pemaquid Light. She had opportunities to visit Maine and other parts of New England several times with the wonderful tour guiding of our East Coast relatives. She dearly loved these trips. Another trip that Jan talked about with great passion was the trip that she and Ben took to British Columbia for their 25th wedding anniversary. At age 46, this was Jan's first airplane ride, and for years after, before another plane ride came her way, whenever she saw a plane go overhead, she could be heard to say, my plane. She loved this trip. She fell in love with Canada, having tea at the boat shark gardens in Victoria, salmon fishing on the ocean where she caught the biggest fish of the day, and cruising up the inside passage from Prince Rupert. Finally, this Mill Valley girl got someplace further than the Trinity Alps. In the early 1980s, Ben and Jan bought an old mom-and-pop liquor store in Nevada, which they proceeded to turn into a wonderful purveyor of small winery wines, as well as a wine bar. Ben did the wine buying and selling and pouring, and she did all the books, and she was excellent at it. This chapter of their lives was filled with trips to wineries and lots of exploration of the wine country and picnics in beautiful places with friends. They worked hard, but they had fun at it. By this time, grandkids were on the scene, and she loved them with all her heart. She never tired of hearing about all their dreams, their sports endeavors, and their travels, and their summer camp adventures. She loved her phone calls and visits from them. And once they reached legal drinking age, loved sharing a margarita with them over a delicious Mexican meal at the cantina. If any of you talk to any of the grandkids, you will know of the love that they shared with her. Her other loves, her neighborhood, her community, hiking on Mount Tam. I know that there is nothing that we could have ever done to get her to even think about moving away from Mill Valley. She loved Humphrey Bogart and the African Queen, and especially Casablanca. She loved Dixieland and big band jazz, 
Frank Sinatra, and Tony Bennett. And all of her life, she was a huge 49ers and Giants fan. And recently, she always had that special twinkle in her eye for Buster Posey. <laughs> ben died 10 years ago, and it was kind of a tough decade for Jan. Over the last seven years, she was challenged with several different kinds of cancer. And I think that all of us would say is what a trooper she was. Up to the very end, she was always courageous and never lost her sense of humor and her positive outlook. She never wavered in her strong faith and was so grateful over the past few years that Father Richard regularly brought communion to her home as it had become harder for her to get around. Jan dearly loved her home and wanted to live out her days there, which she was able to do with her beloved companion, fluffy orange cat, Maddie. They were inseparable and brought each other a great deal of enjoyment. We will all remember the perpetual, passionate calls from Jan as one would prepare to leave the house. Don't let the cat out. Our family would like to express our gratitude to her caregiver, Bunny, who's here today, who was also a great companion to her and helped her out in so many ways as Ben and I live so far away. In closing, Jan had a life well lived. She gave much to those around her and was always generous with her time. I know that the person I am today is in good measure due to the values that she imparted to me all through my life, and for that I am very grateful. So mom, I miss you. I will always love you. Thank you for all you gave to all of us. It is a rare occasion, probably too rare, that a parish priest gets to confess his sins to those assembled. And my sin when it came to Jan was, I let the cat out once. <laughs> and I had the stains from the plants and the soil to prove it as I ran after Maddie and actually caught up and brought him back inside, much to Jan's great amusement, of course. <clears throat> I figured I got one chance at that. It's perhaps one of the greatest honors of the life of a parish priest to get to know gentle, unassuming souls. And Jan was certainly one of these. She would always welcome me with a smile for a pastoral visit and communion, and we would sit in, in her sunroom or in the living room, and Maddie would keep watch. We would pray together and compare notes and memories, and it was always that simple, always without complication or great question. 
Jan was, as you just heard, fundamentally a woman of place. Where she lived, from her home of nearly 60 years in Blythedale Canyon, under the shadow of Mount Tam, to the community that grew up around her as she grew up, studied, married, raised a family, all of that mattered a great deal to her, down to the day-to-day -day changes in the neighborhood. The people she loved also mattered a great deal. Her nightly phone conversations with her son, Ben, the visits with Nancy and her family, her daily calls with long-standing friends of the town just as deeply rooted as she was here, and the growing number of friends who proceeded ahead of her into greater life. The memories of her family vacationing in the Trinity Alps mattered just as much as well as did fondly recounting raising the children at home and life over the years and the activities of this parish. For Jan, place mattered, not just for its familiarity, but for the deep reservoir of life and memory it carried. This is an old wisdom, even an ancient wisdom, shepherded by gentle, unassuming souls like hers that a place and community well-known and long-loved, that a handful of friendships graciously held and nurtured over many years, a family raised and cherished, well, these things matter much more than any fortune the world can bestow. And they take on an everlasting quality, even when pain and grief visit for a time. Surely, the psalmist writes in one of our most cherished hymns of Scripture, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. To partake in conversation with a beloved friend or family member or in the sacraments of the church was a constant reminder of the goodness and mercy that held the center for Jan. Living alone as she did for a decade after Ben's death, could certainly be challenging. And the limits of age and illness were always near at hand in the years that I got to know her. But God's promise and Jesus' comforting words, do not let your hearts be troubled, were the words that always offered her great and abiding strength. She needed only the most gentle reminder that she was, even when alone with Maddie, part of a much greater vine rooted in God's grace, one that would always bring to her a gracious smile of relief, that same smile she gave me on our last visit as she prepared to let go of this life and enter the next. The gospel, she reminded me, was not intended to be comfort for magnets or princes or the elite or the powerful, but rather for gentle souls like Jan's, souls waiting ever on the goodness and comfort of their God, content not to struggle, but rather wait in place and in love and in the fellowship of the human family that holds its own ancient grace passed on from generation to generation. 
I reckon now that the place Jan inhabits is yet even more beautiful and rich with friends and family than her home in Blythedale Canyon was. Jesus went on ahead and prepared a place for her, just as he goes on ahead to prepare a place for each of us. And as Jan reminded us, the way, the truth, and the life is not out there waiting to be discovered, but near at hand, here at home, centered even here in the human heart. Planted with tiny seeds, perhaps, but ever nurtured by simple acts of mercy and loving kindness, and brought forth with something as simple and unassuming as a prayer. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.